All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Maybe my most favorite episode coming up. I don't know. Very excited. We got an NHL superstar on our hands. A legit bonafide superstar. The guy's been everywhere. He's done everything. I think he's won a few trophies along the way. Um, Jason Maris. Jason, how are you, my friend? Thanks for joining the, joining the, joining the show. I mean, that, that has to be one of the great intros for someone that hasn't won any trophies. So I'll, I'll take it. You've never won a trophy along the way, even in even when you're a kid. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, when I was in in novice and well, there you go. And Adam, my minor minor hockey, we we won everything. So I'm not lying. See, yeah, you so you're right. You, you had it. You did your research, so you're good. You've won a couple trophies. Tim's here as well. Tim, thank, thanks for popping in. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Tim's really excited about this one. He did a lot of research. I do that every time. John, trying to embarrass me. And he just really loves him some Jason Mayer. So, Jason, where are you, where are you right now? Can you tell all our listeners what's going on in your life? Where uh, right now we are in St. Louis on a. We just started our our road trip, like ten twelve day road trip. We're on our second game in St. Louis, so we're pulled up in the hotel and 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 watching uh, watching watching the world pass by as we get ready for another game. See, here's what I want to know. I don't, I don't really – I care about the hockey stuff. Is it tough to go on the road and not go to restaurants, not get out? Because usually when you go on the road, that's your time to hang out with the guys. You go to the restaurant, you have a few drinks, nothing crazy. You, you enjoy yourself. You're on the bus. You're on the plane. How has it changed? Like, is it completely different? It's, it's, it, it is a huge shift because, I mean, we're, we're limited in terms of – you can't really go hang out in guys' rooms either. You kind of got to hang out in the team lounge. But a lot of guys don't want to hang out there all all night. They want to, you know, be in their room, watch TV or something. But we're kind of laughing about it because, like, you kind of take take it for granted being able to go out for dinner on the road. Yeah. So the fact that you can't, like, times you'd stay in and and, and go to bed or just order room service, you're like, ah, you know what, like, it's fine. I could go out if I want to. But now that you can, it's like it, it makes it that much more uh, enticing. Has anybody snuck line. out or tried to? Have you heard of that around the list? There's been ways? there's been a million discussions on if you could pull it off, but <laughs> I don't think any. No one's scared. Everybody's like kind of waiting to see the first guy that's going to try it and get pinched. But it's, it, I mean, it just wouldn't be worth the risk because 
if you got caught and then get suspended and your team gets in trouble, I mean, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to kind of justify it. So, but I mean, this is eight games in, nine games in. I mean, at game 45, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Well, yeah, because let's, let's just look at – you guys were dealt kind of a tough card this year. You, you picked up arguably two of the best teams in the league in your division. Yeah. And you got the Avalanche and you got the Blues, and then you add in the California team. So the, the, the spot's there for you if you want to make the playoffs. What do you guys think of your first eight games? How's it going? What's the room like? What, what's going on with the Coyotes nowadays? We uh, we made some really good pickups that have, have been playing great for us. Um, it's kind of just one of those things right now. We we've lost a couple games we uh, we that we were in, and um, you know you at least want to get a point out of those games. But I mean, in this division, it, it's you're not really ever out of it because every game is a four point game. So you know sometimes it seems bad. You're at the bottom of the ta- you're at the bottom of the the, the division, but. I mean, you win two or three games in a row and you're right back in the top because it's just, you're just taking points from each other. So um, we're just, it's just going to be the team that's going to be able to stay the healthiest and, and kind of stick to their game plan the longest. And I mean, that's been a big key for us is, is getting guys rest that are playing big minutes and, and making sure that when we're playing that we're, you know, we're hundred percent. So. So, Jason, I want to throw it back to the, the beginning of your career. You broke in the league in 2009 as a, as, a, as a rookie, and you were coming into a pretty stacked Sharks team. You got, I mean, Thornton, Marlowe, Heatley, Rob Blake, Dan Boyle, Ryan Clough. Like, what was it like being a 21-year-old kid coming into a locker room like that that was already so well-established, so good? Were you just kind of wide-eyed, or did you click right away with those guys? Uh, I mean, they made it so easy to click, and, and I mean, I, I bet you young guys now that I play with are probably so sick of hearing me talk about, oh, back back in San Jose, because, you know, I have so many fond memories from there, and, and we had such good teams early on. I mean, you know, you kind of knew you were you were winning at least, you know, 75% of your games to 80% of your games to start the year, and, and it was so much fun to play and, and um, just easy, so... Um, it, it was probably the perfect position for me for where I was like drafted and everything to, to go the, the perfect team. Um, and those guys were so welcoming. So, I mean, I have nothing but fond memories from there. And you broke into the, into that roster around the same time as uh, Vlasic did. We had pickles on the show last year. Um, were you guys kind of like as two young defensemen in, in that team, were you guys competitive with each other? Were you guys buddies? Like what was that relationship well, like? Well, and Vla- did- no, Vlasic was in before me because he played at 18. Um, he was probably, when I got there, he was like already like 200 games in or something like that. Like he Is was, that right? he, he's a, he was a, he's a freak, man. That guy just, that guy was just, I got there and I was like, we were the same age. He was a year older than me. And, and he had already, he was already a, a veteran in the league, like the way he played and, and um, the minutes that he played. So it was always a guy I kind of looked up to, to in terms of, you know, you want to be that stable defenseman like he was that could contribute offensively. So, um, and, you know, we grew up, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from each other. So did you really, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was like Kirkland area and I was, so we would play, I think we, we'd play against them. I think we played against him a few times um, growing up, but he was always, I mean, I played against him in junior. He was in, in the Ramparts and I was in Victoriaville and it was like, he was just kind of the man. 
in terms yeah. of, of a Quebec defenseman, you know, raised in Montreal and, and you know, him, Latang, those guys, um, they're such a good class of, of players. So it was always guys that we looked up to. And I never uh, understood how you don't sound French at all. Like what, how does that yeah, yeah. work? Honestly, I hide, I hide, out, I, hide, I get to hide out. Well, um, do you have I, an accent or no? Um, when I speak French, I, I have a little one, like my friends back home will tell me that I have an accent, but a lot of people, sometimes they'll tell me, no, they don't hear anything. So it depends how much French I'm speaking at the time. Uh, but my mother's French Canadian. My dad's, uh, he was from Point St. Charles area. So like he spoke English and uh-huh. so I grew up English in the house, mm. but like my whole mom's side is all French. And anytime we'd go stay, with, I'd go stay with my grandma. It was all French and had to learn it and then I really learned it when I went to junior because back when I was playing junior um it was mostly all French in the queue it was all teams were you know predominantly French um there wasn't many like Americans there there wasn't many guys that were English it was all French Canadian so like that was pretty much the primary language around the room so a lot of my good buddies that I played junior with I just had to kind of figure it out as I went so and then now I I just hide because you know sometimes French guys don't get the best track record so no nobody likes the French guys it's it's well known especially when I started so I just they'd ask me and I mean you know you know Berkey and and those guys in San Jose I was like no I'm English (laughs) not French (laughs) not French no, that's good. I came into the league and I had like uh, Stefan Bayou and Pierre-Marc Bouchard yeah. and Eric Belanger. So all I heard was these French guys and I, I, I couldn't stand it because they wouldn't speak English at all. It was just French all the time. And then I had the Finnish guys and I had like two English speaking guys and one was Bernsey and he barely spoke English. So it was just, it was, it was he, he terrible. Speaks, he speaks caveman. It was terrible. So yeah. Tim, Tim wants me to ask you a question. He doesn't want to answer it or ask it. Um, what is it, Tim? Was it hard not winning a, a cup with the Sharks? I don't know what question that is. Tim, he's so embarrassed. He's he wants sucked. to know if it was difficult not winning a cup with the Sharks. You guys went on so many runs there, and you had such a good Yeah, team. I mean, my, my first two years, we went to the conference finals, and, and I mean, all you know, the first year we, we got Chicago, that they, we got swept. And, I mean, it didn't feel like we got swept the way – we played in that series, but, you know, we, we caught Niemi, we caught Auntie Nemo, who was so hot that year. And then we picked him up the next year. And then we got, we got Vancouver in the semifinals and um, we, uh, we were just so banged up from, cause yeah. that was the, that was when Detroit was in the, was still in the West. And those, my first two years, we played Detroit in the second round. And we'd have to do those cross country trips just to play them. And it just like took a toll on us, both, uh, especially that second year. Cause we went to seven games Yeah. and, and it was like, you're literally going back and forth cross country with the day in between playing and the playoff atmosphere. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bummer, um, because, you know, you never want to waste those years. And, and I thought we had such great teams. And, and I mean, you could play should have, would have, could have, but it is what it is. So it is what it is. They, they beat us. But yeah, it's something I look back on and, and you know, wish we would have had a better turnout than we did. 
you guys did well. You know, not everybody wins. You guys had good teams. What are you going to do? All right, let's go last year. I was shocked when you you guys made a trade for Taylor Hall. Did you guys have any idea your GM was oh, looking for anyone? Let me pause you one sec. There's my food here. You can, you can go, Jason. One go. second here. How do you think Tim- he – how does he eat the steak without those chompers in front? Is it cut up into know. little pieces? Dude, did you get embarrassed because I, I asked that question and told him you wanted me to ask him? I don't know why you'd have to put me on blast and in order to do it. Just trying to put me down to elevate yourself. Oh, don't be scared. You just ask a question. I ask questions. Just saying it's right, your turn to ask one. I eat Tim- steak. It, it's really hard to eat steak. <laughs> oh, see, he hurts. Like, you, you learn to you learn to eat like a squirrel. So put everything <laughs> in my cheeks. All right, well, let's wrap it up. We'll, we'll give you a few more than you can eat. So what was like getting Hall? I, I was curious because I was like, why are they picking up Taylor Hall? Was it cool to get that guy in your room or was it just strange? And then COVID hits. I mean, I, I thought, you know, he's a great guy and, and an, awesome, an awesome player. I think he's, he's one of those rare talents. He's just a horse. Um, but it, 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 just, it was just kind of a weird timing. And, and I think we were, in, we were in first at the time. Um, or first or second. Um, so it, it was a weird timing and, but he ended up fitting in really well. And then we ended up having COVID. So it kind of like stalled everything. Cause you know, you're, you're trying to get to know a guy and, and he's trying to get chemistry. And then we're on this, we're on this hiatus. Yeah. So, and then we're literally, we get back and we're right in this playoff atmosphere, but you know, I thought he stepped in great and, and, and fit in really nice. I mean, we, you know, not many people picked us to beat Nashville. So, and, and and beating Nashville was a huge thing, and he was a huge part of that. So he was great. It was just it was must have been tough for him to coming in and on the last year of his deal, and and you literally just COVID hits too. Yeah, and he's trying to play for a big ticket, and he's yeah he wants to show off a little bit. So what you mentioned before playoffs, what happened with the GM Chick? Let me tell you a funny story about him because I played for the Coyotes. And he was like this, the assistant GM at the time, and he looked like he was 16. And he kept walking by me and saying, hey, John, how's it going? Hey, John. And I would ignore him every time because I, th- I didn't ignore him, but I was like, hey, kid, like I, like I thought he was like an intern. Yeah. And then finally someone's like, yeah, he's going to be the next GM. And I clicked. I was like, I got, I got to be nice to this guy <laughs> because he, like, I, I had no clue who he was. And then I, like he's the GM the next year. What happened to him? Like, what? Take us through that. I mean, it, we don't. I mean, there's so many different kind of stories that come up. We don't really know. We just, one day it was like, we were in the room and then literally the, it came on the ticker and we're like, oh, really? Chikes is gone. And then it was kind of this weird thing. And, and I mean, I don't even know if anybody really knows. I just think kind of he knows and maybe the NHL knows why he left and, and, and what he left for. But, you know, it was, it was such a weird timing. But, you know, I thought, I mean, I thought we handled it well. I mean, I don't, there's uncharted, uncharted water. So I don't think, uh, hang on, did I black out there? Oh, there we go. I think it was, uh, uncharted territory for us. And, and, but I mean, I thought we handled it well, our coaching staff handled it well. And it's, I mean, we just said, you know, just keep, uh, keep on trucking really. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to lose your GM. I don't know. I thought that was weird. I still don't know. People were like, he's, angling for a job somewhere else I don't people know. still don't know it's like the weird i mean i mean unless he comes out and talks about it one day i mean we'll never really know and you he had, he didn't come to the rink and be like hey fellas i'm leaving there was no goodbye no, so I, like, I mean i i haven't heard from him since that wow. yeah 
Crazy, crazy stuff. That's that's bizarre. So, anyways, Tim, you got any more? We gotta let him go get the dinner. Uh yeah, before you go, tell us a good uh Phil Kessel story. Oh, Phil the Thrill. Hey, tell him to come on my podcast. So I asked him to be on the podcast last year. And he's he didn't like, want to? He's like, I don't know. I don't think so. And so I've been texting him every like month and a half, two months, and he just ignores me now. Oh, God. And tell Billy, him I just I, want to talk about our fight. That's it. He just, that's it. Just want a quick one? I'll, 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 I'll prod him a little bit. Tell him I just, mean, yeah, it'll be 10 minutes tops. He's, he's honestly the best. Like, it, it's – I mean, I'm sure any guy that plays with him, it, it's just, it's just funny how he he kind of thrives on on putting himself as the underdog a little bit in the best possible way. He kind of, you know, he, I mean, this year he's been great and and hasn't really I, he's been playing really well. So it's but like if he'll have a kind of a bad few shifts, he'll kind of come back to the bench and you know, just be like, I don't got it anymore. <laughs> like, like, I'm done. Nah, I'm done, boys. Don't think I got it. And then literally they'll go on the next ship and score. So you're like, you know what, man? Like, stop. Like, some guys are really struggling here. He's and, like know, one he's... of the guys who I, I've i never met him, really sat down and talked with him. But I've, you know, in Toronto, how you can see the players after the game and stuff. Yeah. I, so many times I bumped into him after I like jumped him. He came by and I put my arm around him. I'm like, ah, Phil, I love you. You know, I was just messing around. And he kind of laughed and stuff. And he just seems like a cool guy. I would love to like, hang out with him, have a beer with him. He just he, seems like one of those a, guys. He's like a super, super nice guy. Um, yeah. So down there, so personable too. So it's like, it, it's nothing like anybody portrays him either in the media. Like all the media talking heads and everything. It's like nothing even close. Which is funny because I the great thing is I bet he doesn't care one bit. He probably like, I don't know. Oh God, not yeah. not even not no. He's too worried. He's he's in his own head to think about anybody else. So, uh, well, tell him I'm sorry and I want to talk to him, even if it's not on the podcast. He seems like a cool guy. But, anyways, uh, you can go through me. I'll I'll be his secretary. All right, I'm gonna set up a group text right now, and we're gonna get this. We're gonna get <laughs> this ball that. rolling. Yeah, you guys got nothing going on. And you got you're not going to Minnesota. You got all Four the time walls. I know. I, it, I literally just popped up on the ticker when we were talking. I was like, so you're oh. not going to Minnesota. It's confirmed. I mean, I, if, I'm assuming they're not going to make us go sit there for three, four days. So um, I, I think we're – because we got Colorado too. So, But I think Col- didn't Colorado just play Minnesota. Oh, so they so, might I mean, be in lockdown too. I mean, I hope not. It's just one of those things. It's just like let's just dress whoever's healthy and let's just go. <sighs> That's terrible. Yeah, this is going to happen the whole season, man. You get but, I mean, stuff. I, I – I kind of love how football handled it in terms of they just – at first they kind of postponed, and then they're like, you know what, just put a team on the field. Oh, all our four our four quarterbacks are done? You better yeah. dress the backup wide receiver. Exactly. I mean, you can do that in hockey. There's not – you know, we have enough guys that could jump in, I think. So, I mean well, – No, what happens if the goalies? What happens if uh, Ante I'll, and Darcy go I'll, down? I'll throw them on. Yeah, stop. There's no stop. way. <laughs> it's the full Put – We'll put Phil in there. <laughs> he would probably do pretty good. He's an athlete. He is. All is, he like, he, is he good at baseball? I bet you he is. I just, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great golfer, too. Is like, he? Awesome. It's really good. Oh, I got to get him on the show. All right, we're going to make this work. In, in two days, us three, we'll, we'll do another one. It'll be great. Sweet. All I'll right, put, well, we'll I'll let them. you eat your food, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, best of luck. We'll talk soon. I, I really yeah, was good thanks, catching up Timmy, with you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, man. John, appreciate it, guys. See you, Jason. See you, buddy. See you, fella.
Well, that was fun. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. I tell you what, if anything, if he can get us a link to Phil Kessel, it was totally worth it. It was completely worth it. He's, he's, my, he's my Moby Dick, Tim. He's the one who I want. And if he comes on the show, it's going to be unbelievable. I, just to hear his perspective of what's going on in that Toronto situation, he's never talked about it as far as I'm concerned. And I've always kind of reached out to him like, hey, man, like what's going on? Let's talk. Even before the podcast. And he's never wanted to talk about it. So how good would that be, Tim? Come on. Maybe you after he retires. Any news then, Tim? No, just that Minnesota thing. It'll be interesting to see what shakes out with those guys and how many of them tested positive. Hopefully not too many, and hopefully we don't lose too many games. I know. I wonder what the contingency plan is because I know they baked into the schedule a certain amount of cushion for each team to miss some games. But, man, if this happens consistently where it's every week there's a team who has to sit out because you can't just sit out one, two, three days. You have to sit out a long time. So – we saw it with a few teams already with Dallas. I think Florida got dinged up. Now you're seeing it. San Jose is out. Um, there's a few other teams around the league who have been just hit with this bug. So I don't know. I don't know. I said it before this season. They should not play. You, and we'll see if it comes back to bite them in the butt. And this season is going to be a wash. And it was just a waste of time. What happens if the season ends? They can't do the playoffs. They can't do the Stanley Cups. So it just gets too serious. Do those contracts get burned? Or do they have to roll it back and start again? That's a question that I would like to know. If they, what, what do they have planned if that happens? How, like, how do you mean? Well, because contract term, term length. So if, if you're a, a third-year entry-level guy and this year ends, does that mean your third year is done and you can now negotiate for your, your first big boy contract? Or if you're a free agent or have one year left on your contract and you're UFA – you know, what, what happens after that? Well, I mean, if, if you've been paid for that year, then it has to count, right? I don't know. I, I, if you're an owner, you don't want that to happen. You don't want to lose a year on a rookie-level contract. You don't want to use a, lose a, a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who signed with Montreal Canadiens. You think he's going to get the same amount next year after he just set the world on fire the first month of the season? Did he's he going to garner more deal? money. What's that? Did he sign a one-year deal? Um, it was a one or two year, but if, if you're losing a year on that contract, like you're losing a player who's really, really valuable, who's on a good deal. So it'd be, I wonder what would happen. I think they would just roll it back and start the season from where they left off and, you know, just, just away we go, you know. But I don't know. I, I, I wonder if they have anything in place. That'd be interesting. We need to get someone from the league 
on to talk about the actual CBA, what's in there, what happens, what are the contingency plans, because they have to have something in place. You would think, because there's so many tangibles that are up in the air, like, okay, we're going to miss a month, we're going to miss two months, do we go to a bubble, do we just cancel the season and start again next year, what does that look like, I don't know. It's all so unknown, and it's crazy, and here we are. Minnesota's going to be out. There's a couple other teams who can't play presently. It's it's really a mess for the fantasy squads too, Tim. It really is a mess. Well, it's it's not going to help me too much. My team is in the basement right now. I got some. Uh, I need to make a trade and shake things up. Send a message to the boys. I offered you a trade. You didn't take it. It was a terrible trade. What was it again? What was the trade? I can't remember. Pionk for Theodore. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Theodore is like the top five defenseman in fantasy right now. I offered you someone else as Ehlers. well with Ehlers. Yeah, and Ehlers is unbelievable. Are you kidding me? He's a good player. Yeah, he's tearing it up. You should have taken that deal because guess who's in first place? Me. Uh, Pasternak scored tonight already. Oh man, what a trade! Pasternak and McDavid for Drysaddle and Goudreau. That could go down as one of the most lopsided trades in fantasy hockey history. It's up there. It is what it is, Tim. I'm gone. I gotta go. All right, man. Good night. All right, everybody. <laughs> we are on a podcast here. Today. All right, everybody. We appreciate listening. I hope you enjoy Jason Demers. And listen, everybody, hopefully we get Phil Kessel. Everybody ping Phil Kessel on his Instagram. Does he have that? Or Facebook say, come on, we want to see on dropping the gloves. Let's do it. Come on, make John's dream come true. But if that can happen, that'd be great. I would retire after that from podcasting. But anyways, hope everybody has a good weekend. Get out there, have some fun, and we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.